0: Welcome to Sports BKC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, October 13th, and I'm Blair Kirkoff. We're talking soccer today with Sean Goodwin and covering plenty of topics, starting with KC NWSL coming off one of its most impressive results of the season, a scoreless draw with Portland. We chat about Sporting Kansas City and the U.S. men's national team as well. The U.S. team continues its World Cup qualifying play tonight against Costa Rica, and we take up the cause of Kansas City as a World Cup host in 2026. Okay, let's get started talking soccer with Sean Goodwin. Sean, how are you doing today?
1: I'm splendid, Blair. I've got plenty to talk about, so I need to uh, need to wake myself up this morning because I can't be tired for this one.
0: Absolutely not. Um, First of all, we got a couple of games today. Ideally, we would have done this later in the week, and we would have discussed the results of some games, but we're going to choose this week to advance a couple of of games, one of which is KCNWSL playing tonight against the Houston Dash, and the women coming off, I don't know, would you consider it the best result of the season for them, the scoreless draw against Portland on, on Sunday?
1: I mean, I, I wouldn't call it the best results of the season. Um, just given
0: you the, know, the the you've so Portland's
1: so, in first and Yeah. I mean, you you look back and of course they've got victories, you know, going back over there. um well, rain was a pretty good results. Um, you know, yeah, the only old Tigers North Carolina Courage, trips was up there. But yeah, no, it's definitely I don't know if you call it your best result, per se. It's up there, but at least when it comes to performance, maybe it's definitely one of the best performances because, as you said, it was first-place Portland Florence. Um in Kansas City. Not only held them to an tie, uh, tie, they were definitely on the back foot for the like second half, but you know they looked pretty much equal as well. So it was a good game to watch.
0: What what stood out? Obviously, the defense um, seemed like there were a couple of good saves in there, too.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's pretty much what you said. It was kind of a good defense for sure. In the first half, a big point of emphasis, I'd say, was um, the ability for Casey to switch from points of attack. Uh, just because Portland has that midfield diamond. Um, I mean, I remember games earlier this season. I can't remember specific teams, but. You know, like that's something that Kansas City was attempt to do back when you were a little bit more than you were a team, you know, switching up points of attack, rotating around the diamond, and um, that's something they struggle with, and that's why I get, they would get pinged back for, you know, 70, 75 minutes a game. Um, but, you, you know, this game that just happened um, this past weekend, yes, the first half wasn't, you know, the most exciting. Kansas City did score, um a goal that was disallowed but honestly, I don't th- think should have been disallowed. Um, you know, Kristen Hamilton broke through after pretty much um Aaron Menges seemed to have stumbled into Hamilton, who then fell into Becky Sarbron, who of course we know from yeah, FCKC back in the days here and you know, Hamilton goes through, scores past Bella Bixby, makes a little finish, and it's called back because of a foul on Salgrim, which uh, I don't think it was. It was pretty soft, but it's what it is. Outside of that, pretty pretty quiet first half. But again, you know, when you're playing a first-place team, if it's quiet, you're doing something right, aren't you? And then, yeah, second half kind of got pinged back a bit. But 0-0 draw, so you can't really complain about it.
0: Like French had a nice uh, save on a on a corner kick in about the seventy third seventy fourth minute, um, really really nice job. And, and I think this is right. Is it two hundred and thirty minutes of holding an opponent scoreless on home field? Uh, something like that. It's it's incredible. That's a really nice uh, streak going for KCNWSL.
1: Yeah, um, I guess the last time there was a, it was it was if can us at home would be Louisville in that two one wing back in August now. Obviously, there's been a couple of breaks because of international playing and whatnot. So, August seems so far away now. Um, but, you know, Gavin now went, I believe, five home games um, without without losing. if they've, they've won two of those and they've tied three. And the three ties have all been nil 0 So, in the last five home games, gave them once, and I was in a 2-1 win. So, you know... On the roads, obviously that's kind of the next step. How, how do they pick up points on the roads? But we've we finally made Legends with well a fortress, and hopefully, got Kyrie's into Children's Mercy Park next year.
0: Right. And listen, when a team's having a, a season that KCNW SL is having, what, all you can ask is that they improve throughout the year, yeah. uh, stay interested, uh, look you know look interested, like they're trying, and that that's the case here. They're they're. You know they they don't have the personnel to match up with other teams, most other teams in the league. But uh, I think this this run over the last several weeks has proved that they're, you know, that that they're in there, right? They're they're gutting it out and um, and, and and they're, you know, credit to Hugh Williams and uh, and and the and the coaching staff for having having these women play the way that um you know uh, that they have over the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, for sure, and honestly, player you can. Especially if Kansas City managed to pull out a win tonight. Again, it's here in Kansas City. Uh go be two points behind Louisville. And then Kansas City's last three games, Chicago on the road followed by Gotham and Earl Rain, both in Kansas City. Um, at that point, you, you can maybe start dreaming about, you know, stealing ninth place after sitting rock bottom all season. Um, because Louisville's end of the season ain't exactly you know easy we've got Orlando who's been flying high and then home and home and home kind of deal against say Gotham FC to finish the season so yeah uh, definitely if, especially if they win tonight you've got three games to overtake Louisville and I think that should be team's goal at this point just steal away ninth place and not finish bottom of your first season
0: Hey, before we move on from the, the women's team let's uh, let's at least uh, acknowledge what happened in the in the first yeah. uh, early in the game at the six minute mark um, game game was underway and at six minutes the game essentially came to a halt, and the teams met at midfield and 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 basically um, you know had, had a, had a uh, silent protest over the events that we talked about last week of course that were uh, well chronicled by the Athletic, the you know the, the sexual abuse of of coaches and the sort of the willful willful ignorance of uh, of management and and administrative league administrators on this. So, I, did this happen throughout the MLS uh, or the the, the NWSL uh, on on uh, weekend games?
1: Yeah, it actually, started on Wednesday prior. Um there were three games, so six teams, um including uh Portland actually. So Portland did it a couple of times. Yeah. Uh so yeah, there was at least a couple of questions if you know heading into the weekend of teams do, it, especially teams who have already done it on the Wednesday. Um, but Kansas City doesn't have a chance, and you know, Portland was more than happy to you know continue that demonstration and um you know, I guess, speaking out against the ignorance of the league. So, yeah, now, I mean, we kind of covered a well, Blair, and we talked last week about the reasons why. So, I know we have plenty of other stuff to talk about, but it it was good to see. It was a powerful moment. And um, good videos on my Twitter as well, about 45 seconds of the players coming together. You know, everyone in the stands was applauding. So, you know, it was a powerful moment for sure.
0: Very good. OK, as we said, uh, Houston Dash at Legends Field tonight and looking at the forecast, looks like the rain will be gone. So uh, but bring a jacket, right? It's um, lows in the, or highs in the low 60s tonight. Uh, should be should be fun. Uh, just a few games left for NWSL, and a few games, just just a few games left at Legends Field. As you said, they're moving to Children's Mercy Park next season. I will say yeah
1: Tonight's game there's a buy one get one as well so if you're quick buy one get one tickets excellent so if you have nothing to do and you're here it's podcasting time there's a here's a date night for you
0: there you go get over there um, listen I uh, I've been struck by the the images of the of families and kids uh, attending the games and and we've talked about this and I know we we spent some time talking with Ali Trost about this also on previous podcasts It just how fan-friendly this team is and how they, they'll, they'll, they'll spend as, uh, almost as much time as anybody wants to after a game to visit and greet fans. Yeah. It is a great experience, and you're not going to get closer to professional athletes than, uh, than what KCNWSL offers after, after home games. So it really, is, um, it really is a great experience that I would recommend for anybody to, to head out there, especially if you've got kids.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, it's getting a little bit better nowadays, at least for us the journalists in that, you know, I, I waste in the tunnel for the players and check to who I want to. go a little bit quicker nowadays. But I still remember that first game we won. Um I was wasting at least an hour for even for players just to leave the field because they were, you know, pictures of fans and signing autographs. So it was it was a great scene. So Thankfully for me, you go a little bit quicker in <laughs> All right,
0: let's switch teams, Sean, talk about Sporting Kansas City. And there was a kind of a disturbing story that broke after we recorded last week's podcast and uh, involved uh, Felipe Hernandez. Why don't you just take us through what, what was uh, discovered, what was announced, what you wrote and we've got a link to the story in the show notes. And of course it's on kansascity.com. but kind of a, a troubling story that I hope has a happy ending.
1: Yeah. You hope it's ha- got a happy ending, but um, yeah, essentially uh Hernandez. And, and you know, he, he played on July 4th and then, uh, you know, he's playing well for sports and he's doing a great job. And then we heard nothing of him. He's gone for personal reasons. And then, uh, Last week, it comes out, uh, you know, MLS Soccer releases that uh, he's uh, he's been suspended for um, gambling on MLS games, which is very much in league rules. Uh, which you know, right off the bat, we don't hear a lot of that nowadays, and you know, professional sports. We always go back to Pete Rose when we hear stuff like that. Um, but now, Felipe, he uh, he came towards sports and KC on. July 5th, the day after the game, came to Peter Vermeese and said, Hey, I've got gambling debt and he's worried for his safety. You know, that can mean plenty of things when it comes to gambling world rights. And we didn't have the specifics on if the decks are even paid off, um, why he feared for his safety. I was all kind of kept, you know, in with flea paying law enforcement. But yeah, he uh, came forward to Peter Vermeese, the they got him the help that he immediately needed. Um, but through MLS and Police Investigation, it was found that he's better than two MLS games. Uh, I'm sure, you know, plenty, plenty of other games as well um, throughout different sports, which... Different sports, you know, it's certainly not um, recommended, but you can't have to play bet on other sports. But no, two MLS games, that you know, was the issue. Uh A report found on the sports and KC games. Felipe doesn't have any inside knowledge. Um, And he can apply to be reading status on January 1st, 2022. But yeah, no, just disturbing. Just in the fact that Felipe came out on Twitter, like once it was all published, and said, you know, I have a gambling addiction. He's seeking help. He went through counseling and, you know, he was sent to a rehab facility. So. Like you said, Blair, hopefully there's a happy ending and that. He's a 23-year-old kid. I say kid, I'm 25 this month. Not much younger than me. Um, But, you know, yeah, he's a young soccer player. So for him to come forward, to get help, that takes a lot of bravery. And, you know, hopefully, you know, he gets past this. He feels safe and he can come back just as strong because Pisa says he's 100% welcome back um, if he's ring Stasis.
0: You know, uh, gambling is, in, in, at least in the United States, is becoming more prevalent, right? As, as states uh, introduce uh, w- w- a wagering and Missouri and Kansas don't have it yet, but they're going to, it's going to happen in these states. And it's in, I don't know, uh, 15, 20 states now. I mean, there are ways to do this that don't involve being, uh, you know, getting caught up in sort of nefarious folks. And uh, and that sounds like that's what happened here in this case. That it, the, the the amount of money that he owed and, uh, and and fearing for his safety. So yeah, again, I, I hope it's uh, I hope the story has a happy ending. And it sounds like it's on its way to having uh, a happy ending. So um, so sporting doesn't play. They're on a break, right? They don't play again until Sunday. They're at Vancouver and. Uh, I got to tell you, when I look at the standings or the tables, uh, whatever you prefer, I I finally see, you know, Kansas City and just about everybody else with the same number of games played. And it was always frustrating, right, to see sporting with two games more than Seattle or Colorado or that sort of thing. Everybody's played 28 games at this point going into tonight's or going yeah tonight's games. Kansas City's five uh, five points behind Seattle. It's going to be tough to make that up. Uh, Yeah. And but now they're trying to stave off Colorado, which is a point behind sporting. And um, so it begins on Sunday, you know, the the, the home stretch begins Sunday at Vancouver. And this is a playoff team, obviously. They are chasing first place where they finished last year. Going to be tough for them to do that, though, to, to, to get there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think what sporting really needs is Seattle to lose one of their remaining games. And then obviously Sports and basically wing out, which includes playing a Seattle. And I think we chatted about this last week as well, Blair. And, uh, you know, yeah, if face isn't in Sports in Casey's hands, unless Seattle tie, if Seattle ties in a different game, Sports and can try and catch up on goal difference. you are currently five behind, which is a bit of a mountain to climb. But again, they play Seattle, so we could take a good chunk out there. Or the other. Um, alternative is yes Seattle lose game and the sporting game and then sporting can overtake them but that's a lot of if, books, maybes and whens um, I think a more realistic goal is yes stay off Colorado secure second um, and at that point you've got home field advantage through the playoffs until you as a shoe the, um, the conference final if Seattle and sporting both make a gaffer
0: so it's seven teams that make it into the playoffs uh, from each conference and sporting is, is, is well, uh, there you know, may have already mathematically clinched. I don't know, but, uh, uh, but there is going to be a, a real fight for some of the final positions in, uh, in the Western conference. So the, the bracket won't take shape for, for a few more weeks. Um, so Sean, uh, what, uh, th- th- you know, as we said earlier in the show, uh, th- there are a couple of matches today, tonight, that are of interest. Uh, one is, of course, NWSL. You'll be there. The other one is the U.S. Men's National Team. And they are in Columbus, Ohio, taking on Costa Rica. U.S. Men's National Team coming off a loss to Panama. I should say at Panama. And things have been going well for Greg Burkholder's Ber- team uh until this loss and of course whenever the u.s men's national team loses it's you know it, within the the american soccer community it's a crisis i just cannot imagine what it's like to be in england or france or italy or brazil where the nation is the soccer community and there's a there's a loss or say a 1-1 draw with hungary which is what happened earlier this week with with england um but Within the soccer community, a lot of gripes about uh, about the outcome, and it does put a little pressure on the U.S. team. It would be a good idea for the U.S. to to hold serve at home and pick up three points. They are second in the uh, in the eight nation standing and top three advance. The only reason they're second is they're second on gold differential. So I think with Panama and Canada's looming in third, right there, uh, top three advance. The fourth team. Uh, it gets into a, 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 a sort of a play-in playoff for the World Cup out of, uh, out, out, of out of this part of the world, so uh, a lot of pressure on on us to especially after not making it four years ago.
1: Yeah, um, you, you kind of kind of covers it all right there, Blair. Um, no, well, now lose to Panama most recently, which um, yeah, you know it's US is historically struggled in Panama. But like you said, this is a uh, pressures on, and this is supposed to be a new team, a new team that, you know, should be dominating CONCACAF, hopefully. And, you know, we've had these discussions and I, I think I remember I got heaters a little while ago and, uh, yes, back in the past, ties on the road against the likes of Panama and, you know, Honduras and, you know, Costa Rica obviously at to home coming up.
0: Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCoffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Sean, what about Gianluca Busio? He's a member of the U.S. men's national team. Uh, I don't believe he traveled to Panama. I I, I I don't know. I know he didn't play. So, um, what uh, what would be great for you know local soccer here for John Lucibucci to be a member of a of the U.S. men's national team that goes to the World Cup happened in 2014 when both Bram Zusi and Matt Beisler were part of that uh, with the U.S. men's national team that played in the World Cup. So. Uh, prospects of uh, Jean-Luc Abusio being a, you know, a, a a playing member of his team?
1: Yeah, hopefully. Um, I just hope that he gets a game in this cycle. You know, they brought him in. Um, the first game of this break, he wasn't even included in the squad because it's only a 23-man squad. Um, so he wasn't even around for the uh, Jamaica game. You know, Panama, he doesn't get in. And then Greg Berhalter said he hopes to get um, Boudio's some playing time in a World Cup qualifier. On the flip side, you know, as we were saying, you've just lost to Panama on the road. Um, and I think seven points out in nine was the minimum. Out of this window, nine out of nine would have been great. And all of a sudden, they've lost the game and they're now behind Mexico and they have to beat Costa Rica. And, you know, and me personally and lots of other people think Buzio would help Chris McField a lot uh, with his, you know, his forward thinking mindset and capacity he's able to play but in the, the day that's not where Greg Bearholster is and you know he's again Buzio doesn't have World Cup qualifying experience and in walking uh, out again feels like a must win game just because he got lost to Panama against a must win game against Costa Rica it depends if Bear said puts him in because again he's he's probably gonna go for his strongest squad or the guys he trusts most. Um that, that, right now it's not Buzio, so it'd be nice to see. Um but uh, I don't know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, look, um that was the first loss, by the way, in I like, think 12 games. I think they were they'd been nine, oh, and two in their previous eleven in, in that internationally, so you know, not a. They've been they've played okay. I mean they they they've been they've been good. But I'll tell you what, if if the U.S. doesn't qualify for the twenty twenty two World Cup, then oh,
1: oh. it's got go, well, sex soccer so far back in this country. Um, yeah, well, to, hey.
0: listen temporarily because of the the four years hence, right? They're going to automatically qualify for twenty. 20-
1: so- well, being twenty twenty six, Blair, don't you worry? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, so. All right. Um, well, speaking of 2026 uh, at that event last week, uh, media event at Children's Mercy Park, we uh, that, that was part of one, one of the several topics that was covered by Peter Vermees and Hugh Williams and Vladko Andonovsky. But uh, um, the site selection for the World Cup is upon us. It's uh, it's ne- I believe it's next week. And there's a, there's a speaking of upcoming events. There's one tomorrow that I know you'll attend. I'm going to go down there. The one of the streetcars is going to be uh, decked out in twenty, you know, World Cup 2026 Kansas City bid um, mm-hmm. regalia. So um, I, I liked what I liked what Peter Vermees had to say about it. I asked him, does Kansas City's you know, small market size hurt or help or indifferent in a bid, and he, you know, he went on to say that you know he thinks it can help. It's, you know, there, there's not a big traffic issue in Kansas City. The facilities are, you know, are, are probably as good as any city that's bidding. It's just that Kansas City is one of 17 U.S. cities um, that is bidding for the 2026 World Cup to have games here, and I think only 11 of those cities are going to be selected. So um i'll see you out there tomorrow sean but do you have a a sense a vibe of of how the the world cup uh candidacy of kansas city is going
1: um yeah you know it's it, it, kansas city will definitely come down into that you know the, the city's going to be kind of on the edge of you know will we get it will we not because i think you can toss in a couple of locks so you know they'll do uh New Yorks and Yellies and you know probably Chicago.
0: No, not know. Chicago. Chicago didn't oh, bid. Sorry, I Miami, yeah, no, I think actually, Miami is yeah. one that is kind of considered a, a lock, just because th- that was surprising actually that Chicago didn't bid, put in a bid, uh, and, and, and probably helps Kansas City's chances as a midwestern destination for uh, for the World Cup. But how about the facilities that Peter talks about? Yeah. You're out there. I mean, there's. Uh, um, Everybody has facilities, but I I just think that what what Kansas City can offer is not necessarily available in a Cincinnati or a Nashville or Denver even. You know, maybe some cities that Kansas City could be competing against.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's the soccer facilities that make a difference. I mean, it's not just the, you know, stadiums to play in, uh, because I think for the World Cup uh, I mean they'll be looking to play in Arrowhead because of the size. Right. That's great. That's great if, you know, huge teams coming to town. But here's my thing, Blair. And I've been saying this the whole time, and I don't think a World Cup committee is listening to me on this one. But um you know, because plenty of games, especially if you watch the World Cup and it's gonna be an expanded World Cup, there's gonna be a lot of smaller teams, all these teams from far away. That are playing in these games, so I end up getting a game that is, you know, it could be Panama versus Ghana or something, you know. That type of game, I'd love for it to fill out like Arrowhead, but if you watch all games of Capacity, those early group stage games, you know, they attract a decent crowd from people in the area and a few people who have travelled to see their team, but toph going to. into children's um, mercy park um people you, you can probably fill you got 18 and you've got a great atmosphere it's tight hanging you sitting in huge arrowheads with fifty thousand empty seats you know but anyway that, that's my that's my spiel of what i've been saying for a while you look like you're about to say something blair do you have anything on that
0: well all i, all I would add would be um you know, once once the sites are identified, it'll be interesting to see, look, when the site selection folks are here and they're going to tour all the facilities. Right. They'll, they'll go to Arrowhead and they'll go to Children's Mercy Park. They'll go to the um, the, the training facilities. And, and even big the. Pass, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm sure they'll even go up to Riverside where the U.S. women's team or the uh, the KCNWSL is going to have their new facility. But uh, once, you know, I think once you're, you're, you've identified the stadium, uh, which will be Arrowhead, and uh, whether it's, you know, Ghana versus, you know, Korea or, you know, France versus Brazil, it's going to end up being in the same place. I, I like your thought, though, to have a 20,000 seat stadium available for a game that might not have the interest, uh, hold the interest level. Um, But I I think that I I don't know if that's happened in in World Cup.
1: It doesn't.
0: Yeah. You know, in in one thing and we'll talk about this at a future show because we're running out of time here. But one thing that that uh, is I'm curious about is when nations held World Cups previously was Russia in the previous men's World Cup and uh, Brazil before that. And I believe uh, South Africa in 2010 none of those countries have the amount of cities with populations that the U S is offering, uh, the, the world cup. So, uh, there, there had to be instances in those previous world cups where you had matches that were not very attractive, not necessarily attractive on a, on a world stage, but, uh, did, did fans in those, Cities in Russia, in Brazil, in in South Africa fill their stadiums, probably not stadiums as large so, as the ones the US is offering.
1: No, no, not, not even close. Uh, you know, I say the points I'm saying because I, you know, I've been watching the sports since I was a wee kid. I think the earliest World Cup I vaguely remember would be 2002, which was Brazil, I believe.
0: No, that was in uh, Japan and oh, South Japan. Korea, Japan. Shared
1: it. yeah. yeah. Um, but oh, Brazil won it actually. They
0: did beat Germany. Um,
1: yeah, um, but yeah, now it's and you know, I think all the way back and all the World Cups I've seen, yeah, because the games with you know lesser populated teams or, or not populated, but you know teams got on as high up the ladder of soccer dominance and their fans as have to travel across the world and stuff. Yeah, because I've seen plenty of games where it's just half empty stadiums and stuff and i I just look at those kind of uh I look at those games and I say if you put that in a twenty thirty thousand stadium opposed to a fifty thousand you'd have a much better atmosphere um but alas, I didn't think I're gonna do it, but well, as I like, I like yeah. how you
0: think about it. I think that's a forward uh, way of thinking about it let's take advantage of the facilities that are available to yeah. you. You know, that's, yeah. I, that makes all the sense in the world to me that, that should be on the table when, uh, uh when the FIFA folks make their sites, site visits, uh, next week.
1: Yeah. I'm sure, you know, plenty of people are listening to this, me included as, you know, if I'm still covering soccer in 2026, I'd love to cover the world cup. If I'm not doing soccer, uh, I'd probably buy tickets if it is Ghana versus Panama. I don't care. It's a World Cup game in my hometown. You know, I'll be buying tickets if I'm going as a fan. I'm sure plenty sure. of people will. Sure. But can you ask a question? Are there 20,000 other people like myself who would buy tickets for two random teams in a World Cup, you know? And I'm sure it wouldn't be very um, very cheap. So, at that point, yeah, it, it there's a lot that goes into it. But, Sorry for taking us off course here, Blair, but, you know, Kansas City, Greece, you've got again, Smoke Park, uh, Riverside, you've got the um, yeah, uh, Compass Minerals National Performance Centre where we're sporting and US practice and training. Um, obviously, you've got the soccer fields down in OP, which you've got Olifa Garmin, which I know they're more just kind of, you know, what wow, big soccer facilities for youth soccer, but again, very nice fields that teams can absolutely take advantage of. So on the soccer side, Casey's got a lot going for it. Yeah, I did see a really interesting um it was an overhead of Kansas City. Yeah, you, know, you see these massive cities. I was just chatting to a friend out in Colorado, and he said the traffic in Denver is a nightmare because you know the the highway basically goes through the city and it's above ground and like good traffic just gets grizzlocked, and you know, plenty of other big cities are like that. Um, Kansas City, I think the only highway that goes through it—correct me, Blair. Along go that goes right past the uh, Star's office. Which one is that? Uh, Interstate seventy. Seventy. It, it kind of goes underground, and the rest of the highways around Kansas City is basically in a circle. Thing I know Arrowhead and whatnot get out of the city, but a lot of good tourism is going to be coming into Kansas City. And you've got a really nice highway system that basically doesn't clog, clog up the city. It's right around the right I 70 that cooks underground basically through the middle of the city. So transport's great. You know, you've got the uh, new airport, the terminal being built. You've got the streetcar. So, kinds of cities got a lot going for it. And I know Peter talked about himself just about location and being, being in the middle of the Midwest and not too many cities around us. Taken piece, it's uh, casey has got a lot going for her. I think he's standing a good chance. All
0: right, we're going to hear from Peter Vermees uh, in a moment. And this is what Peter Vermees had to say about the World Cup. But for now, we're going to bid farewell to Sean. Great conversation. Love spanning the globe with you, Sean, talking soccer. And stay warm tonight when uh, KCNWSL plays the Houston Dash. We'll talk to you again next week. So I want to ask you quickly about the World Cup and, and the site selection is coming. What end of the month, by yeah. the end of the month, what are you expecting? What do you what do you want to
2: show them when they're here? I, I think, um, well, I, I think the first thing is our and it's a big part of right. The facilities, that's a that speaks for itself. We, we have it all here. Um, so I think that's a really big positive um, for us. And the other thing is, is that a lot of the people that are coming have already been here for other events. So mm-hmm. that helps as well. Um, always uh, how the the public you know supports the games is an important aspect um, too but the rest I think is already there I mean come to this stadium you know we have uh, Arrowhead we have we have um, you know our two training facilities I mean we have the facilities and then I also think the other thing too is is that maybe it doesn't get discussed a lot but it's 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 very easy to get around in this city for the teams as well whereas look I've been in Olympics, World Cup, myself as a player, and I know what it's like to go to some of those places and how much to traffic can be a real burden on the team and and just getting around. And so here, it's, it's really manageable. And I, I think sometimes, you know, people don't mention that, but I think that's a big part of it as well.
0: And we've been living this now for years, right? The the, the bidding process. Um, you know, you've got the, you said the facilities, they're great over here, but if, if Kansas City didn't get games, what would, what would be the level of disappointment you think?
2: I mean it would be high. I think the other thing too is you you then you then hope that you become sort of a, a uh, pre World Cup training environment because again we have so much here um, that frankly a lot of other places don't have. They don't have the facilities that we do. So you know I mean that's second best, but obviously we want to be a, we, we want to be one of the one of the uh, venues for sure. Hey Peter, getting back to the World Cup, just as, you know, you've been a kind of a spokesperson for the city at large. And as Kansas City becomes more of a destination place, you know, how important is it that soccer is part of that narrative, this new narrative? Well, yeah, I, I think, again, when you look at what's happened since, and I use 2011, since we opened the stadium, the growth, just forget about, you know, just sporting Kansas City, but the growth of the game in this, in this area where, you know, Sporting Kansas City is, is is a big part of that landscape, but so is the youth uh, part of the game as well. And I think as that continues to grow as it is, I, I think we've become extremely relevant in, in the national market, for sure, in soccer. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for a lot of other areas in the, in the country, but there's no doubt that this place has changed immensely since even I played here in 2000 and you know, in 2000, 2001, 2002, it's changed immensely. And it's, and it has a lot to do with our ownership group and sort of their commitment and pledge to, you know, really connecting this club with the community. Um, and, and, and I think all of that has resonated. And that's why a lot of clubs that are coming new into MLS come here and use this as a stopping ground to, to, Hey, this is what they do. Look at your stadium. So a lot of stadiums that have, taken a big jump from this place because they're new and they've seen everything that we've done and they've tried to replicate a lot of that stuff so I would say that we're definitely there can can market size
0: and geography play a role in favor of Kansas City when this comes down to one of the 17
2: I would like to think so that that's what I was saying earlier because I think sometimes what happens is is that you go to these big cities and it's it's hard to manage you know a team in those big cities getting them around Um, there's a lot here that could that could really work um, for us being a venue. There's a lot and I, and I, you know, not to not to be redundant, but you, you can't take away the facilities. You can't take away how you get around the city. Um, and, and then look, I, I'm from New Jersey. I, I consider myself probably more of a Kansan now than, than a the New Jersey and then people here are great. It's just a great environment. So I, I think any, any group of teams that were here in a venue, I think they would have an incredible experience.
0: That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Big thanks to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking soccer. You can read his stuff and all soccer stories on KansasCity.com. Hey, you know about the morning sports edition, right? If you don't, let me tell you about it. On kansascity.com, you go to the Stars E-Edition, that's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. Click on that and you can access about, I don't know, 15, 20, 25, even 30 pages of sports. Maybe you get it on through a link in your email. I do, That's uh, it's always there by about six in the morning. But either way, it's access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, features, statistics, everything, it's fantastic. Hey, thanks for reading The Star and for listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we couldn't produce programs like sports Beat KC without you. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode.